Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. podcast where we watch and review every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. We also sometimes talk about pop music. That is a great song. Uh, joining me this week <laughs> is my co-host, as always, Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. I'm on some Nicolas Cage shit. Oh, that is a fantastic song. We have to address it, I think, legally. <laughs> yeah. So that was Kesha. Yes. She just dropped that tune about that tune. How old am I? <laughs> I remember that number from the 1940s. <laughs> I tapped my foot to it, like, about a week ago, maybe? Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So she had just met him in January. Oh, really? for the first okay. time. Hmm. And Nick has commented that she is, quote, a great lady. Huh. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> Big so, fan of his movies, but had only met him for the first time uh, this year. Interesting. So that would make anybody write a song about Nicolas Cage, Absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> So this is the podcast, as I said, where we watch every movie in chronological order. This week we watched Face Off. Face Off. <laughs> I think I feel like people know Face Off. It's starring Nick Cage and John Travolta. And if you've never seen it, you still have heard of it. Yeah. And you know that very briefly, they switch faces. <laughs> <laughs> they physically and surgically switch faces. This might have been the dumbest plot for a movie I've ever seen oh, in my life. I've got some amazing Hannah quotes written from down. the movie <laughs> from the, from us watching the movie Live. together. Yeah. So one of the first things that we like to address when we talk about these movies is the ratings and rankings and things like that. So where does this movie rate in Rotten Tomatoes? Very high. I I know it's. <laughs> wrong it's absolutely <laughs> wrong what are the numbers again love it it has a 7.3 out of 10 on imdb and it has a 92 percent on rotten tomatoes 92 is absurd for this movie it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it's the third highest rated movie that we've seen so far from after... this podcast after red rock west and moonstruck Red Rock West was 95, Moonstruck was 93, this is 92, Raising Arizona is 91. Mm, I was going to say, I knew that it was somewhere. And then, what what did Leaving Las Vegas have? 90. Mm. Ridiculous. Fascinating. It's incorrect. People love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that many critics like like this movie. I don't know. is nuts because 7.3 percent or 7.3 out of 10 on on imdb mm-hmm. is not bad it's no, kind of no. you know in the middle i suppose but i guess i could look that one up too but you it could. doesn't really matter uh budget wise i think last week i mentioned that con air had a budget of 80 million or somewhere around that oh yeah okay and face off also has a budget of 80 million and it says in the box office it made 245.7 million 245 with a budget of 80 okay so it made money mm-hmm. yeah made a lot of money sure yeah they usually say to double the budget for advertising and marketing and that kind of thing Got so it. more anything more than 160 makes sense mm-hmm. for them yeah i mean they had some big stars to pay as well 
That is true. John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Recent Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So one of the first things that we like to do to kick this podcast off, other than talk about the ratings, is talk a little bit about some behind-the-scenes action. So Hannah does some rigorous research <laughs> and comes up with a few stories to share about each movie. So what do you got this weekend? Search the internet far and wide. Every, every time I go on Google, my top stories are Nicolas Cage related. Oh, yeah. When it gives you those cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, same. Same for me yeah. as well. <laughs> That's how I found the song. Right. Yeah. That is how you found the song. Great song. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so this movie came out in 97, which is the same year that Con Air came out. I actually believe that it came mm. out in the same month as Con Air. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Huh. So he was just really grinding on, on that Nicolas Cage shit. <laughs> yeah. So another thing that happened to Nicolas Cage in 1997, and I was going to read this last week, but I figured since this is the last movie he made in 97, I can mm. just end 97 with this uh, little anecdote. So Nick Cage purchased a copy of Action Comics number one. Oh, wow. And approximately 100 copies of this comic, of this version of this comic, remain in existence. Yeah. And experts believe only about five others in all private hands are of comparable quality to this copy that Nicolas Cage purchased. So he purchased a copy of this comic in 1997 for $150,000. Wow, that's actually pretty cheap for Action Comics number one. So Action Comics number one is the debut of Superman. So, and it's considered the first superhero comic book. Well... I'll probably forget to follow up on this mm-hmm. in 2000 and then again in 2011 mm-hmm. when we reached those dates. So I'll okay. just tell you the story now. What do you got? In January of 2000, Nick Cage reported the comic stolen. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he made a big fuss. It was a whole ordeal. The exact moment of the theft is unknown, but Jesus. his comic had been... Missing for a week when he discovered that the frame was empty, that he had kept it in. Jesus. Then in 2011, his copy uh, was recovered in his storage locker in oh. San Fernando Valley. So it, it so might not just, have been stolen. He's just a mess. Huh. Yeah, it's between Action Comics number one, whichever Detective Comics was the first one for Batman, and then Amazing Fantasy number 15, which was the debut of Spider-Man. Those are typically... As well as he, the... F- he has all of those. Does he really? And, and the Fantastic those, Four? He has... Well, along with the action comics, he reported in 2000 that the Detective Comics number 27 and Marvel Mystery number mm. t- 71 were also stolen along with it. I don't know Marvel Mystery number 71, was it? Uh, apparently, So yes. Am- Amazing Fantasy 15 was the first one for Spider-Man. So Marvel Mystery... Number 71, it might have been the first debut of Luke Cage or maybe Ghost Rider. Mm. <laughs> we would have to look into that. that, that don't really care. Don't care. No. <laughs> we, could, we could save that for the Ghost Rider episode. Sounds good. You could do that research. I'd love to. Yeah, I love this kind of stuff. I know. Uh, so in 2011, when, this, when the copies of these comics were found in his storage locker, Nick Cage called it called the recovery of the comic a divine providence <laughs> and expressed hope that the heirloom will be returned to his family. 
and he had received an insurance payment for the comic, but at the time well, expressed interest in reaching a settlement to regain ownership of the book, which I don't know what that Does means. he not own it? I, you know. <laughs> who who owns like the most one of the most valuable pieces of this genre of literature and then says, "You know what, for safekeeping, I'm going to give it to Nicolas Cage." <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Hmm. But he found it at, at a time when he really needed the money, so oh, <laughs> he may have sold true. it again. It doesn't, that's true. This article doesn't say. Yeah, so he bought this really expensive comic book at a time when he had lots of money. Yeah, yes, he did. Zero, and then zero he found ex-wives. it when he <laughs> had no money. <laughs> and several ex-wives. <laughs> yes, and a dinosaur skull in his basement. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. So some facts about the movie. Please. We'll start with just the movie in general or things about Mm -hmm. the director, Mm. any of that. So uh, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were originally considered to play. Again. Yes. Similarly to to last week. Yeah. Was it because of the voice? I mean, they talk off, they they write off the voice in the movie, but I wonder if it was the voice because. Could have been. Schwarzenegger and (laughs) Stallone both have very distinct voices. Right. So on on that note, Mm -hmm. Nick Cage and John Travolta spent two weeks prior to starting filming together in isolation, Mm -hmm. studying each other's mannerisms, their voices, cadence, things like that, Mm. so they could replicate each other pretty well. And I think I think specifically John did a very good job. Oh, John! Oh, yeah, buddies. (laughs) Calling him John. Yeah, me and John, (laughs) my boy. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, well, I was going to ask you Some that at his, the end. Some of his, like, screams and, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. faces that he made were oh, absolutely. a la uh, Nouveau Shamanic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I mentioned that Stallone and Schwarzenegger were considered, but mm-hmm. even before that, when they were writing the script, they originally were supposed to be one black person and one white person, but then they realized oh. that that wouldn't work if you switch faces, right. because then it would be <laughs> obvious that the body was not the same color as the face. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everyone would not be fooled by you, that. You could do something like they write off a whole bunch of shit in this movie that we'll talk about body composition wise. But y- you true. could write off and be like, yeah, well, we bleached his skin and then darkened <laughs> his skin or something. It's very stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely stupid. There's there's a lot that just comes up. So I'll, I'll save that for when we get to Great. it. But I will mention that in 2019, they announced a reboot of this movie. Paramount Pictures announced a reboot. I was going to mention that. I knew that I was texting some of my friends about it, and we were curious what actors would you choose for a reboot? Hmm. Not them. Would you go? Right. So, one of the popular things that's been happening these days is when you do a reboot, you do like an all female reboot, or you Mm. do like a a different races. You know, Mm -hmm. you could do, Mm -hmm. you know, anybody. So I, I don't know. Where would you go Female with would it? be interesting. Yeah. Who, who would you swap? Are we making this as tongue-in-cheek as this movie was? Or if mm. we are to reboot it, is it going to try to be more serious well, than this was? Whenever they try to make it a serious reboot, it never works. Whenever you try to do like an ironic reboot, like a Starsky and Hutch, that works. Mm. So I think you have to go ironic with it. Okay. So therefore, you have to maybe get comedic actresses. Okay. So maybe you do... Younger, though. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I was going to say maybe like you throw in a Kristen wig. I, I mean, I do love her. Or, you, <laughs> or, or maybe you do a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Oh, well, the height would not work. Ah, whatever. They wear lifts or something. <laughs> they figure it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. That would be so ridiculous. It would be absolutely <laughs> it'd be absurd. <laughs> I like that, though. Or, you know, you keep it female and you do the switching of races and you do something like a Tiffany Haddish and an Aquafina or something like that. Ooh. You I know, like that, Get too. a lot of diversity in there. Yeah, that'd you be know, fun. Just spitballing. Love that. Mm-hmm. Should I tell Paramount once yeah. the COVID-19 is over and the world begins again and we can start filming things? <laughs> yeah, I'll call them up after this. <laughs> yeah, just call Paramount, right? 1-800-PARAMOUNT. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably what they would probably respond it. to. That's yeah. plenty of numbers, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Nick. Let's get back to Nick. Oh, that's our boy. So... Uh, Another thing is he originally mm-hmm. turned down this role because Why? he thought it was going to be a villain. He didn't read the script. He didn't know anything about the script. Well, I mean, he kind of is the villain, but right. I guess he's... But he finds out that for more than half of the movie, he plays the hero. Right. Because I guess we can talk a little bit about the plot of the movie. Yeah. Nick Cage is the bad guy mm-hmm. and John Travolta is the good guy. But then they switch faces. But then they switch faces. <laughs> so, so Nick Cage is playing John, John Travolta. And John Travolta is playing, playing Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. So Nick Cage plays the good guy for more than half of the movie, right. which made him reevaluate and decide that he wanted to do this movie. Do you know who convinced him? Was it his, like his agent or something? Didn't say. Mm. It may have just been the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe, uh, <laughs> or I was thinking maybe his wife, Taylor. Uh, damn it. Not Taylor Leone. Uh, <laughs> Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Another thing. Mm-hmm. uh he could not look at himself with any of that grotesque makeup on. There's a scene where his face is pulled off oh, and it's just bloody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a really hard time with that because he is very vain. Jesus, he's so, that vain? Yes. Makeup. So, he, yeah, well, <laughs> he demanded that all mirrors and reflective surfaces while he had this makeup on would be like banished from the set. So, okay. no mirror in his trailer, no yeah, reflective okay. surfaces on the set itself which must have been pretty hard because it's supposed to be in a operating room right which there's like stainless steel and shit everywhere well but you also see his face in the movie in a reflection right but he didn't want to see it okay i don't know man (laughs) (laughs) don't blame me i'm just reading the facts (laughs) another thing about nick uh they filmed on his birthday he got really fired up for a scene and i guess when Nick gets really fired up. You don't want to take him out of that. Okay. But as soon as the scene ended, the director and some of the crew members presented Nick with a birthday cake and he mm-hmm. threw an absolute fit and said, never do that again. I was still in character. Oh my How God. dare you ruin that for me? He Christian bailed it. He he did. He did wow. Christian bail it. Oh, good for you. Good for you. So he ad-libbed a story about uh, his character's backstory. Okay. He said that he, in he, in while filming, so wasted probably however much film and yeah. hours of time. Yeah. For them to have to reset after the director was like, "No, you fucking idiot! Like <laughs> this isn't gonna happen." Oh yeah, I mean, on a film set, time is money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he ad libbed a story about his character became a criminal because his father made him wear a pink dress as a child. Jesus, I wonder if. This is the same character that had a large nose, so oh he got made fun of. Pinocchio. <laughs> Go back and never listen on Tuesday. to our Never on Tuesday podcast. It's my favorite. All right. And lastly, Nicolas Cage has a stand-in okay. named Marco Kairos, okay. who has been his stand-in in more than 20 films. Wow. A stand-in 
is it, it's the job of a stand-in to just carry out the mundane on-set tasks that would be a waste of time for a big actor like Nicolas Cage to film. Right. So while Nick Cage would sit in his trailer working on his character, the stand-in would be lighting a lighter or pulling something out of his wallet, mm-hmm. just in an effort to convince him, to convincingly look like Nicolas Cage's doppelganger. Yeah, I've heard that when you watch a movie, especially with a big star like Nicolas Cage, or more recently, we mentioned him, I think last week, but like Robert Downey Jr., any time that you don't see their face, it's, it's not, not them. them. Yeah, and I, I think the difference there is, it's not like he's an understudy or something. It's right. not like if Nick Cage was sick one day, this guy could just stand in for those scenes for him. It's, mm. it's only for scenes where you don't need to see his face or hear his voice or do anything like that mm-hmm. or watch him move. Mm-hmm. But apparently this guy, this particular stand-in, I think the reason that he's been recast for 20 films to stand in for Nick Cage is because he he looks remarkably like Nicolas Cage, unlike a lot of stand-ins. Hmm. Okay. So, Weird. There's Interesting. That. Yeah. So he knows him pretty well. Okay. And he has, in an article, talked a little bit about him. He said that he's not a big, boisterous, fan party kind of boy like John Travolta. Really calling him out there. That uh, Nick Cage is more pensive and shy. He's the opposite of me. He comes off as very cold and arrogant, but he's always in thought. He could just sit there for hours in his actor's chair, and he would just sit there and watch and do nothing and just stare. Hmm. And just before, I watched a behind-the-scenes clip yeah. of Nick Cage and John. You were, you yeah, were I watched that over your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it. Nick Cage and John Travolta filming a pretty intense scene in this movie. I don't even know if that scene ended up in it. It did. We'll it did. talk about it. Yeah. Okay. And... At the end of the scene, it's it's ridiculous. The the screaming and mm-hmm. and Nick Cage is like choking John Travolta, and then they yell cut, and John Travolta backs away, and he's so like light and and making fun of everything and laughing. He was like, "Oh my god, ha ha, ha that was so fun, whatever." Yeah. And then the camera pans to Nick Cage, and he's just deadpan, super serious, <laughs> and he's like, "Did I hurt you? Did I strangle you too hard?" <laughs> John Travolta's just like, no, man, that was great. He's Let's like, do no, it man, again. That was great. He's like, okay. And then he just like s- stares with a very pensive look to him. This is so weird. You would think it'd be the opposite. I know. And I have a theory about that. I think it's because Nick Cage, he's not method, quote unquote, anymore, but he's trying, well, <laughs> you know, that's why I said quote unquote. <laughs> he thinks he's not. Right. So, but he's trying to get in character, and his character is John Travolta, and John Travolta's doing the same thing. He's in character, mm-hmm. who's Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. So he's jumping around and he's being crazy on set, right. whereas Nicolas Cage is like trying to be a professional, like yeah. John Travolta. Yeah. But that's an assumption. Thoughts? That could be true. Okay. <laughs> so one last thing I'll leave you with before we begin. Okay. Steve and I in not just these Nick Cage movies, in a lot of movies, often like to point out when they when they name the title of the movie in the movie. Oh my God, yeah. So there's this one scene where Nick Cage's character says that he wants to remove... Oh, so he just says, I'd like to take his face off. Yeah, there's a pause between face and off. He's like, I'd like to take his face off. In the script, the line was never repeated, but... Nick Cage's stand-in has commented that Nick Cage delivered it 18 or 20 times for no real reason whatsoever, (laughs) just changing the intonation and the movement each time that he used to the point of hysteria. He said that at some point, 
Oh, uh, the director said that at some point we were worried that Paramount was going to change the name of the film because <laughs> because he just like overused it too much. <laughs> but was he using it just in that one scene or in several yeah. scenes? Uh, I mean, he does use it in several scenes, but right. in that one scene in particular, okay. he you, he kept saying it over and over again. Even in, I remember that. So yeah, they well, cut they cut eighteen or twenty. I, I think it may it. have been two or three yeah 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 but i do remember it being like okay dude why <laughs> why say it more than once <laughs> even twice would have been too many <laughs> right but it's also like it's interesting because i've heard stories of some directors who will be like okay now i want you to open the door and when you open the door open it within three seconds and you put three fingers on the side of the door as you peek through after four seconds and like they just give so much direction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then there are some directors like clint eastwood's a classic one where he just turns on the cameras they do one take and they're like okay good we got yeah, it yeah you know so i i wonder if nick cage has had a lot of those first type of directors so far where they're like i want I'm you to do to it say a million no different because ways. i feel like every other movie i do the research and i mm, tell you and true. you say i'm not surprised that the director pretty much just lets him do whatever he wants that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> maybe one time he had that and then yeah. ever since he was like yeah i don't need that right right i can make my own acting choices christ almighty you're right you're right here i am trying to justify his actions and there's no justification Really? You can't justify him. Nope. Yeah. Any other stories you'd like to relate? I've got a few about John Travolta, but I'll save those for the podcast. Well, wait, this is the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> save those for the next segment of the podcast. Gotcha. And that next segment is I took tons of notes. And we're going to go through this movie Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. And we'll point out some of the highlights. I'll insert some of the clips. And we'll have a fun time here. Let's get started. We had a fun time watching this movie. We really did. So right off the bat in the opening credits, and Hannah didn't mention anything about this, but this movie was produced by Michael Douglas. Do you have anything to add about that? Did you find anything in your research? The only thing I found was that he, along with Stallone and Schwarzenegger, was also mm -hmm. considered for one of the roles. Okay. So I wonder how he, f maybe he was considered, didn't get it, and then mm. really liked the plot idea and decided that he wanted to be a part of it somehow couldn't yeah. find anything about maybe that. interesting okay so the movie opens up we see nick cage in a flashback scene and it's clearly a flashback because it's just sepia toned <laughs> the entire thing and i think there's music cheesy music playing in the background john travolta is on the merry-go-round with his like five-year-old son and nick cage has a sniper rifle what else does he have? He has a mustache as well. His choice. <laughs> His choice? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. Why the mustache? <laughs> to show time passing? I don't know. Because he doesn't wear a mustache in the rest of the movie. I don't know, Steve. He just wanted a mustache. <laughs> just, give him, give, just give him that. He's also drinking like a milkshake out of... <laughs> <laughs> a straw. <laughs> out of a straw, but it's like that classic red and white striped straw. Mm -hmm. So he, he's about to take out John Travolta. And he shoots John Travolta. He misses John Travolta's heart, but instead the bullet goes through him and hits Travolta's son. So the kid dies. <laughs> so the next time we see Nick Cage, it's kind of sort of... So six year, it says six years later, and it's kind of sort of we see him because he's on a computer screen in the FBI office. And we find out that John Travolta is a higher-up person in the FBI, but it's a covert operations portion of the fbi and it's so covert that they can't get back up when they need it that's one of the lines he yelled or something along those lines just exposition so 
we then see Nick Cage in, in what's going to have to be one of the best scenes that we've seen in a long time. We find out later where he actually is, and it's at the LA Convention Center. And he's dressed like a priest, and he is arming a bomb. And so he's dressed like a priest, and the bomb says, Sinclair is hot. And he arms the bomb. And it's animated, too. Yeah. He also, he coded, he coded the bomb to animate like a naked woman. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like the scene itself is an animated. Lo- no, the no, 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 no. The, the screen of the bomb. The screen of the bomb. And he's just arming this bomb in the middle of the convention center. Casual. While there's a gospel choir singing hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then he sticks out his arms. He sticks out his arms like, you know, Christ, I guess. And he starts walking through the LA Convention Center, comes up to the choir. Bopping around. Bopping his head, puts his hands on his knees, and then swings his head around in a circle as he's bent over with his hands on his knees while these random ass people are singing hallelujah. No one is phased. No one, no one, no. Who, what, (laughs) what is happening? So he jumps into the middle of the choir behind some female he finds attractive in amidst the choir, and he grabs her. her. Yeah, he grabs her ass. He s- starts saying something about how, like, oh, I don't really like this version. I prefer the other version of the song or some bullshit. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and then he starts singing. So I guess this is our first scream. I don't even know if I'll be able to include it because there will be a lot of background noise with the actual singing. But he sings. <laughs> And then, oh, and then, Han, he makes the face. It is the, the face. face. You've seen this face. It's another one of those ones like from Vampire's Kiss where you Google Nicolas Cage. This is one of the top mm-hmm. Google images mm-hmm. that comes back. Mm-hmm. That It's so funny because I had seen, I had never seen this movie before. And I had seen this face and I knew that he had a priest collar on or whatever that's called. Right. Habit. Or is that just nope, for nuns? No, that's the hat for okay. nuns. I don't know anything. <laughs> it but is I, a collar. I always wondered what could that possibly be. I didn't know that he was a religious figure in any movie. And he's not. He's, he's not. <laughs> I don't know why that. he needed to dress as a priest. He could have just dressed as like a maintenance man or an mm. electrician or something. Right. Because <laughs> he was actually working with wires. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd like, oh, no, no, no. That's just Father So-and-so working on the bomb over there. <laughs> right. Anyhow, Hannah at this point just goes, that was it for me. She was like, I'm done. That's it for me. <laughs> Couldn't handle much more of this. I had, the, bar- the movie barely got started. So <laughs> the next time we see him is he heads over to an airfield. There's a plane waiting for him. And there's a couple of his bros and his actual brother are there waiting for him. And he gets out of the car. And what's he wearing, Han? Ooh. Yeah. He's wearing a maroon suit mm-hmm. with a red silk button-up shirt. Oh, yeah. With tons of gold rings. Oh, yes. I believe other gold jewelry. Yes, yeah, so all of the accessories are gold, mm-hmm. like his cufflinks, his buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gold rimmed sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And then tucked into the back of his pants are two gold pistols. Absolutely correct. The <laughs> other thing, though, when he first gets out of the car before he puts on his maroon jacket, He's wearing a really crazy long flowing black cape. Like <laughs> it's like a long it's a jacket, but it it reads more like a cape. It Ooh, blows in the wind. I don't recall that. And his sunglasses are like hex hexagons. Hexagonal. <laughs> Hexagonal. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to pronounce it entirely. 
So just, ooh, a beautiful, beautiful look. So his buddies are there, and they give him all of his stuff, like his sunglasses and his guns and stuff like that. And he just kind of makes that creepy smile again up at the air at nobody, just that kind of, with his teeth and his eyes going wide. Then they get on the plane, and he starts hitting on the flight attendant. The flight attendant gets him a drink, and she's like, can I get you anything else? And he starts hitting on her, and I'm like, this woman is a flight attendant? She was just dressed like a businesswoman. She was just like yeah. in a blazer yeah. and, and, and skirt had, or like something. like a tan suit on. Right, yeah, she was not a <laughs> flight attendant. Like, it was a private plane, so I guess they don't she have a uniform. A co- yeah, but, a costume uniform, yeah. But still, and then he says something to her. He was like, why don't we suck tongues or something along those lines? <laughs> so <laughs> they start sucking each other's tongues, which was cra- which was really nasty. Yeah, so... Based on that previous scene where we saw Nick Cage on the screen in the FBI, Travolta shows up. Oh, we learned his name, too. Should we talk about how weird his name is? I honestly already forget his name. Oh, it's it's Castor Troy. Yeah. And his brother's name is Pollux Troy. Right. I did some research on those names, and Mm -hmm. they it's Greek mythology. Uh, They're twin brothers with different fathers, so riddle me how that works. uh, But it's Greek mythology, so who knows? Gotcha. One is the son of Zeus, one is the son of... Sparta or something. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Interesting. Okay, well that that explains the names because we saw the name come up on the screen and it said Castor Troy. And I was like, oh, it's last name, first name. So it's Troy Castor. That mm-hmm. makes more sense. And then, and then we were they like, mentioned his brother's name, Pollux Troy. Paul, and we were like, oh, that's dumb. So he is Castor Troy. <laughs> right. And of course, their and last name is Troy. <laughs> yes. And he was dressed in a priest costume right so i was like oh castor the pastor (laughs) (laughs) like i said a lot of great lines out of hannah during the watching of this film (laughs) so travolta shows up with a little bit of backup not a ton of backup and he chases he chases this plane that's about to take off on the ground so we find out as well that the woman who was sucking his tongue was an fbi agent and she goes you know freeze whatever and they tackle her he ends up nick cage ends up shooting her in the back and pushing her out of the plane to try to get them to stop chasing the plane. But Travolta's still after him. And actually, when he shoots the woman out of the plane, he does have a good scream. Just, you know, whatever. That's a, it's a good scream. I Every guess. chase movie in this scene lasts way too long. Every chase scene in this movie. Every chase scene <laughs> in this movie lasts way too long. How long was this movie again? It was like, Two and a half or something. Hours. Yeah, it was it was a long so movie. So long. Yeah, and and it definitely could have been boiled down a little bit for sure. One forty five, I think, would have sufficed. It would have gotten it done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick Cage is freaking out. The cops are after him. He goes up to the cockpit to the pilot, and he has another good yell at the pilot, and it's just <laughs> another good one. Mm-hmm. So John Travolta is still chasing him. He's on his back. He shoots one of the engines, so they can't really stop the plane. And the plane crashes into an airplane hangar. And this is an excellent scene. There's a lot of shit that's going on. You can barely tell anything that's happening. It's cut, 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 cut. Yeah. See, see this, cut, see this, cut. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Nick Cage dives out of the plane. He just dives and shoots with his dual gold pistols. James Bond style. A la James Bond. Yeah. He's, he does scream at his brother. He does do a, a quick... But then one of the FBI guys... He's about to get to Nick Cage. He's he's coming. He's right there. He's about to get him. Nick Cage pulls out a shotgun and shoots the FBI guy, which blows the FBI guy back. 
However, that whole <laughs> that whole interaction, you can see the wires on the FBI guy. You can see the stuntman wires, and you can see the pad that he hits into <laughs> on the wall. It's clear as fucking day. Like this is John Woo. He is known for action movies. He did after this. He did Mission Impossible Two. He did uh, before this. There was another Travolta movie that I think was action heavy. Mm-hmm. He just, he's done a ton of action movies. Yep. And he just didn't think we'd notice. We did. I noticed immediately. <laughs> There was another time too, right? Yeah, it comes up later. I'll, t- I'll talk about it later. But yeah, it happens again. It happens again. So they're, everybody's shooting everybody. There's a million people dying. Everybody's getting shot. And Nick Cage and John, John Travolta come face to face. And they have a face off. <laughs> and I think they even say the words face off. We at the very least said the word face off. So they're talking about Lord knows what. And Nick Cage has another great scream. And he just goes, You watch your fucking mouth! Fantastic. Then he runs out of bullets or some shit, and he gets down on his knees, Nick Cage does, and John Travolta's, you know, about to arrest him or something, and he starts, like, singing at him and barking at him. (laughs) It's just like... I don't, I don't understand that That's at all. That's recurring. Yes. And John this... Travolta's character does it later when he's playing Nick Cage. Ah, uh, yes, that is true. So then Nick Cage somehow squirrels <laughs> away. He gets away. But as he's getting away, he accidentally knocks something over, hits a button, which turns on a turbine, <laughs> so which blows him down the hangar and he gets knocked out. And we find out later, we thought he died immediately. Everybody thought he died immediately, but he actually fell into a coma, basically. So... I think now is a good time to bring up something that's crucial for this movie. And that is that after the scene, John Travolta goes home to his wife. And who's his wife? Do you remember the name of the actress? It doesn't matter. I mean, she's... She's the mom in Pleasantville. Yeah. That's what I recognize her from. She's actually... She was in Peggy Sue. She was one of the friends. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. They got reunited. That's nice. So John Travolta goes home to his wife. And he's like, we got him. I finally got the guy who killed our son. I finally got him. And they're, and he's like, I'm going to promise you I'm never going to be in the field. I'm not going to risk my life anymore. I'm going to get a desk job. And they start doing this thing <laughs> where John Travolta takes the palm of his hand and his fingers extended and just runs his hand down his wife's face. Like he's wiping her memory. Right. <laughs> like, like he's just swiping on like a tablet or something that doesn't exist yet. And he's just wiping her face. And then his wife does it back to him. And then later we see him do it to his daughter. And then they he go does back. It to the son in, in the, the flashback. flashback. He's just wiping his face. Just, <laughs> just their family's just, thing. And, and then I, we called it. We called it the, the face thing. Like just do the thing. And by the end of this movie we were like, it's the thing. He's got the thing. <laughs> And because they did it so many times this early in the movie, and we knew that they were going to switch faces, I was like, okay, well, Nick Cage is going to do the face thing and to his wife, and that's how she's, she's going to know. She's going to know that it's him. And lo and fucking behold, <laughs> what happens? He does the thing. He does the face thing. So I needed to bring up the face thing, even though it wasn't the Nick Cage scene. So we see him briefly on the screen again at the FBI agency because his brother lived, and his brother... They know that there's a bomb that's going to go up, but they don't know where the bomb is. And the brother won't talk. So they're saying things like, 
oh, he'll only talk, the brother will only talk to Nick Cage. He'll only talk to his brother. That's, that's who we need to get. And it's like, well, he's dead. We can't get him. This sucks. So there's another way though. <laughs> there's, there's one thing we could do. And they take John Travolta to the hospital to a lifeless vegetable of Nick Cage. And they say, we have the technology. <laughs> we can put your face or we can put his face on you. Give you a shitload of prosthetics. We can take muscle off you because John Travolta is significantly larger than Nicolas Cage, at least in this movie. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, remove your love handles and and remove most of your hair because <laughs> Nick Cage has a terrible hairline. <laughs> and John Travolta, honestly, he's like, no, that's crazy. I'll just interview a bunch of Nick Cage's known accomplices. So he interviews a bunch of people. Two are very important. <laughs> One is like Nick Cage's old ex-girlfriend or something and Nick Cage's girlfriend's brother, who's this bald guy. We find out later that the bald guy's involved because he sold Nicolas Cage the bomb. So they're all kind of in cahoots, right? They'll come up later. But nobody's I have a talking. Fact about what, what you're referring to Nobody... as well. We can get, we'll get there. Okay. Okay. Oh, about that scene? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's coming. So, <laughs> so the, we're, Nick Cage is, or I'm sorry, Travolta's running out of options. And, <laughs> so and he's absurd. like, you know, and he's like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. And we're like, why is Travolta the one who has to do Pick this? Pick someone else. Pick anybody else. Pick somebody who's got a better build, a more similar build. Why are you putting, like, the second in command of the FBI? And they're like, this is a covert ops. You can't even tell your wife. You can't tell anybody. It's like he's switching faces with somebody else. <laughs> you have to tell more than one person who never shows up again in the movie to be like, oh, hey, by the way, we did this thing. Absolutely absurd. I, I did write down here, I was like, remember, Steve, there's a bomb that's going off because I just got so distracted with the absurdity of this plot. <laughs> and, and I did also write down that they comment on Nick Cage's hairline, but it's during this scene that Hannah had a great quote, and she said, and I quote, this might be the worst plot of any movie I've ever seen. This makes no fucking sense. It's incredible, though. I love it. <laughs> I was just sitting there writing... <laughs> unknown to hannah i was just writing down all the crazy things she was saying as well so they justify I, I spoke it. the truth you absolutely do so they justify this whole thing by being like you've studied nicholas cage for six years because he killed your son who knows him better so than you fucking stupid. And he's like yeah you're right i gotta do this now <laughs> absolutely absurd so should we talk about the tools and the technology they that, use? Yeah, that's the next okay. scene. So they're in the operating room. And again, Nick Cage <laughs> is passed out. He's in a coma. He's basically a vegetable. So they start using actual lasers to laser <laughs> this, off the faces. This makes me so mad because this is in an era of movies where <laughs> they just think technology is advanced in the 90s, but not, I guess, to the extent that it is today. And they just think that lasers can do anything. Lasers are everything. They, I, they were at one point showing Travolta how everything worked and they were 3D printing <laughs> an, ear. an ear with lasers. <laughs> like a laser jet printer. Right, like they were using light to create organic tissue which does not work just just equivocally does not work it's just just absurd to the point of absurdity right and then they were like 
they were doing the coding and they were putting up the images and it's a 1997 computer with the buttons that <laughs> click clack like crazy loud and the black screen with the green font yes and the green grids and stuff oh it's terrible and then they use basically giant suction cups to suction cup the faces off but, but like mask shaped yes exactly they suction cup the faces off and then while they're doing this the faces are just open wounds and they start giving travolta a haircut like that hair's good wait just wait for the hair part why are you doing that now that hair's gonna get in the open wound you dumbass anyway travolta gets cage's face spoiling you know of course and Travolta's face just sits in like a saline solution. It's just sitting in like a dramatic circular dish of water. It's in like a cylindrical vessel. Yeah. Just sitting in the middle of the room. Just flapping. Unguarded. Around, just flapping in the, in the water. So Nick Cage wakes up, who's now Travolta underneath. So he wakes up and they didn't address that he's got Nick Cage's teeth. He has no scars. None whatsoever. <laughs> And when he wakes up and sees himself in the mirror, he screams. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> Though it is in John Travolta's voice. It's Nick Cage screaming. So mm-hmm. he then... Oh, right, he st- right, he wakes up and he still is John Travolta's voice. And then they address yeah. how they're yeah. going to change that. Yeah, they're like, oh, we put a microchip in your throat or something. Just don't sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, oh, okay. And then they're like, we're going to use, again, 1997 computers to just make this work. And then they, like, modulate. Yep. The, it's, the, it's totally fine. Tone. It's totally fine. So I don't fully understand the plan here, right? So the plan is that they're going to send Travolta, who is now Cage, into this supermax prison to talk to his brother. Erewhon. Which <laughs> is nowhere backwards. So stupid. So... And find out where the bomb is, right? That's mm-hmm. the whole plan. But none of the F- none of John Travolta's FBI fam know that this is him. There's like f- it's only the doctor and then like one other person, right? Who doesn't show back up? The black lady. Yeah, her. <laughs> it was her whole idea, and she has like one scene in the movie. <laughs> and he's got a buddy that he's like, here, hold on to my wedding ring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's with that buddy in the next scene on like a rooftop where a helicopter comes down and he's like, ah, my face itches. And then like his buddy is massaging his face. And like, that's the whole scene. (laughs) Don't understand. So then I wrote down warehouse. I did have like anxiety the whole movie that their faces were just going to slip off. off. (laughs) They honestly probably should have. There's no, there's just no scar. No, there's none. No, it's, it's seamless. Because they use lasers. It's it's one of those things where it's, you know, they invented this means of transmitting faces. But what's more impressive is that they don't have scars. Was. You're going to make way more money not transplanting faces. You're going to make way more money. Money just removing bottle scars. Bottle that shit and sell it. Everybody's got scars that they don't want. It's You can't bottle laser. That's true, I guess. So he... We then see Nicolas Cage after he gets on this helicopter. I guess what happens is he gets arrested because the rest of the cops and the rest of the FBI don't know who he actually is. I think that's the point. Right. 
So, but on a rooftop with a helicopter. So I don't know. to take him to Erewhon because it's in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> which we don't find out until the end of the movie as well. He's then in this giant room, which I thought was a warehouse, but was actually a magnetic prison. <laughs> you have a point about I have that. some information on that. Oh, please. So just very briefly. So what I mean by that is that every prisoner has to wear these specific <laughs> metal boots that they can then lock them to the to ground. The floor. Right, exactly. And they're trackable. So they have mm-hmm. some type of I don't know. Like a again, ninety seven computer, like <laughs> GPS tracking yeah. that they can figure out where like a monitor's map of mm-hmm. um yes. you know, prisoners. Good. For a Harry Potter reference. The boots that they use yeah. are the same boots that the Goombas in Super Mario Brothers. Oh use. Christ. <laughs> That movie's horrible. I think I've seen it once when I was a kid. The movie sucks. That's a great fact. So Nick Cage is in the prison, even though he's Travolta underneath, and everyone's suspect. There's also a giant screen in the middle of the prison that just has a deer in wildlife on the screen. Again. Tranquility. Try to keep the prisoners calm. Right. I guess because it's in the middle of nowhere. They, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's any prison would technically not have like windows and shit. So. Yeah, but they get outdoors time and oh, stuff. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So this, this is in like the middle of the ocean. <laughs> right. It's in the middle of the ocean on like an old oil rig, <laughs> which is a whole other set of problems we'll discuss later. But everyone's immediately suspicious because he's not being cagey. He's being Travolta. So he in- decides to start a fight and the fight goes on. Like Hannah said about the chase for like three minutes. The cops have a means of stopping everybody in their tracks with these magnetic boots. And they just don't use it. (laughs) So he sees the brother from across the room and the brother's suspicious during the fight. So he makes another crazy face that Nick Cage would make. And after Nick Cage wins the fight again, cops or the guards still haven't, you know, done anything. He screams after he wins the fight. He's like, watch your fucking mouth. good screen oh god so the next time we see nicholas cage but this time after that prison prison fight this time it's the real nicholas cage we see his body wakes up from his coma in the middle of the night no face no face again completely unguarded this is the scene well so the 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 scene with the surgery they were just dummies with prosthetics that they whatever created like molded to look like them sure but in this scene it's nick cage with makeup on to make it look like it's just blood and whatever you look like when your skin is removed (laughs) right so that's the scene where he insisted on no reflective surfaces because he was too afraid to look at himself right and so yeah as hannah said he's got no face so he he kind of has some good moans and wails if i can find some good isolated clips i'll put them in here But he also does things like make F sounds and B sounds, which you can't do if you don't have lips. He also smokes a cigarette, which you can't do if you don't have lips. So he's looking around after he wakes up. He makes a quick phone call or two to some of his buddies. And the only face that's lying around is John Travolta. So In that that saline glass. Unguarded. Just this man's face. So his buddies abduct the doctor who did the first and the black transplant. Woman. Yeah, and they they just get everybody. And I don't think buddy. they even get the black woman. 
She knows about it. I know. That's what I'm saying. She never comes back. Oh, my God. I don't think she's there. (laughs) She could have vouched for him the whole time. That's what I think. I'd have to go back and double check, though. Yo, that would be really, really poorly written plot. I kept thinking, (laughs) where is this woman who... This was her whole idea. (laughs) So, anyway, they forced the doctor to put John Travolta's face on Nicolas Cage's body. And I guess do augmentation to Nick Cage's body to make it more muscular and bulky. Right, So that right. he would look like John Travolta. Right, <laughs> give him more hair and shit. Right, change his hairline. <laughs> While his face is wide open. <laughs> so we see the fake Nicolas Cage. He's back in the prison. The brother's still a little suspicious, but he has a quick conversation with the brother and finds out that the bomb is at the LA Convention Center. Great. So Nick Cage is like, all right, now I got to get out of here. I got to make a phone call or two and call my people. I know where it is. I can get out. But Travolta shows up, which is actually Nick Cage underneath. And this is the scene where Hannah says that she saw the behind the scenes where Travolta, the actor, is jumping up and down. He's all giddy. He's happy. And Cage, the actor, is just like, are you hurt? Are you okay? All right, good. And like he's very subdued, which is so weird. Because in this scene, they go face-to-face, even though Nick Cage is magnetized to the ground, and (laughs) Nick Cage grabs Travolta by the throat, and he just goes, (laughs) 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 So, yeah. So back in the prison, you know, or within the prison, we we find out that Travolta is just, you know, running around pretending to be the real Travolta, even though he's the fake Travolta. He goes to to the house and he has sex with the wife from Pleasantville. He makes a deal with the brother, the real brother, Pollux, and because he's parading around as this FBI guy, he gets him out of prison, right? We briefly see Nick Cage a few times just in his jail cell. Sad boy Nicky. Sad boy Nicky itching his face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) While all of this is happening. Then there's the great escape. So we mentioned this a second ago. But so Nick Cage is in line or something for exercise hour where they're just walking around in their clunky metal boots. (laughs) And he's like... When do they take the boots off? And they were like, well, whenever they try to do shock therapy, he's asking another prisoner. And he's like, okay, great. So his plan is that he's going to assault a guard and ask for a cigarette or steal a cigarette to go get himself sent to shock therapy so that they'll take the boots off. I'm not. But he does have another good couple of screams here. He does scream. He gets into the shock therapy and he makes an escape with it because now he doesn't have his boots on. And of course, everybody's shooting everybody. It's again, another extended shootout. At one point, he picks up a giant jug of sulfuric acid, <laughs> throws it up in the air and shoots that and like seriously burns and maims guards, <laughs> even though he's an FBI agent. So he's trying to escape and he just apparently knows how to code in 1997 because <laughs> he codes something to make that giant TV blow up for some reason the one that had the deer on it earlier. yeah yeah so he escapes and this is where we see that it's like a floating wait i'm sorry prison hmm. <laughs> i completely 
<laughs> breezed over that. How do you code to make a television blow up? Yeah, you don't. It does. This movie is just so wildly unrealistic. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. And it's not just, like... It just surprises me. Like, every scene. I don't know why. Right. It's it's one of those things where it's like... It's like you can suspend your disbelief for some things. For only so much. But only so much. <laughs> so he's escaping. He's on the roof of this prison. And there's a helicopter shooting at him and chasing him on the roof of this prison, right? And Nick Cage's idea is, okay, well, he jumps off the roof into the water. And the helicopter just fucks off. The helicopter just is like, oh, we can't find him now. I mean, they may have thought that no human could have survived that jump. I don't know. It wasn't that high of a jump. Nick Cage was afraid of it, apparently. Oh, did he actually do it? No, no, of course yeah, not. His stand but he had to stand did. up there. And oh. he was like, oh. I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> Jesus, he's painfully normal. I feel like sometimes he really is. When he's when also you don't a drama want to be. queen, yeah, he is. Yeah. I don't want any reflective surfaces. I can't look at myself like this. Ugh. Yeah. So he must have swam swam back to shore. He steals a car. He calls his wife. He calls Travolta. Then he ends up going to the bald guy's apartment, and where we find out that the bald guy was the one who sold him the bombs. And in order to maintain his cover, he takes a bunch of drugs. So he's a little loopy. He's making some good faces. He has a pretty creepy laugh, which was fun. This is the scene where I think Hannah mentioned earlier. And he goes, I'd like to take his face off. Off. Face 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 off. off. 1997, Paramount, face off. off. (laughs) Face off. So he makes his way to, I guess, his bedroom or a spare bedroom or something, and he starts drinking water from the faucet. He gets another good look at himself in the mirror. He points the gun at it and freaks out and does another creepy smile. And laugh. Yeah, and, and creepy His laughs laugh. are very maniacal. Mm-hmm. Even though he's Travolta underneath. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so he's in this bedroom. He wakes up the next morning, and it's the girl who's the sister of the bald guy. You know, okay, they all live together. That's fine. And... We find out that the girl had a son. We knew the girl had a son. But she reveals at this point that the son is actually Nick Cage's. So Travolta gets all, like, you know, emotional. And he does the fucking face thing on this son. He does the... He wipes the son's face. Just top down. Just wipes it. But because Travolta knows that, oh, this is where he's going to be. So he surrounds the place with FBI. Because Travolta's like, okay, his whole plan is I can work my way up in the FBI and I can take out my gang enemies while kind of hiding and protecting my gang buddies. And he surrounds the the place with the FBI to try to take out Nick Cage. They start shooting up the place and it's another just extended shootout. Just people fucking firing everywhere. Hannah starts saying things like, I can't even tell what's happening. No. <laughs> Uh, like let's... I, it's one of those scenes where the camera just cuts and cuts and cuts because nothing actually is happening. Right, right. <laughs> because nobody's hitting anybody. Right. <laughs> so people wh- are winding up. There's fire explosions and things happening. Yeah, everything <laughs> explodes in this movie, just like Con Every Air and The Rock. Movie. Everything explodes. But one of the things that happens in this scene, as everybody's getting shot, everybody's shooting each other. The bald guy, the brother, gets shot in the neck 
and he's holding it. He's about to bleed out. He's about to die. And he goes over to his sister and he says something. He's like, ah, I'm not going to make it. Take care of yourself. And they have a big open mouth kiss. Do you, ha- you said you had something about that. This is the actor's choice. Really? Yeah. That is odd. Very. It wasn't Nicolas Cage's choice. <laughs> no. He didn't. He didn't have any influence. It there. was the two actors who kissed their own choice. That's really strange. Yeah. Because we were like, wait, I thought they were brother and sister. They are. But then he bleeds out and dies, and Nick Cage a minute later is just like to, to the girl, like, oh, "Are you okay?" Like, I don't. I don't. And she's like, "No, it's okay, baby." So the son this whole time is pretty clueless because they put big over-the-ear headphones on playing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and he can still see people getting shot and bleeding. So the rendition of Somewhere Over the Rainbow Mm -hmm. was sung by Olivia Newton-John, who starred in Greece with John Travolta. Oh, did she write it, or did she do it for this movie? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. He got her to do it for this movie, and... This scene originally wasn't in the script, and every article that I've read makes a huge deal about this because the director like had to pay out of pocket or something oh. to get that part of the scene filmed and written. Really? Which it was incredibly inconsequential. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the gunfight had already been going on for like four minutes. Yeah. And it was going to go on for another four minutes. It did not add or take away from the plot. Absolutely. So (laughs) really uncertain as to why that was such a big deal. But literally everything I read had a ton about that scene. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. Huh. Anyway, some bunch of shit explodes. Oh, they have a, a pretty good a pretty good scene here where they are in this like for some reason house of mirrors that's just in this guy's apartment building and there's mirrors all over the place so they don't know where they're shooting or who they're shooting at and they're kind of back to back on other sides of a mirrored wall and they're about to shoot each other at the same time so they have another face off have a face off but they have to shoot into the mirror meaning that they have to shoot themselves yes which probably some dumb bullshit metaphor but it's not themselves they're still shooting their enemy right they have to shoot their enemy but their faces right but they hesitate to shoot i don't know it's i don't know it's it's, probably some psychological bullshit absolutely so this whole movie is just something explodes people shoot at each other and then nick cage finds his way to a rooftop so he finds his way to a rooftop this whole movie is what he said (laughs) that's that's, that's this whole movie so he finds his way to a rooftop and he starts swinging on this wire and he knocks over pollux the brother who's just also happened to be on the roof and nick cage falls off the wire but he grabs onto the ledge and there's a clear shot of him hanging on the ledge and he's harnessed in. He's, he's got the wires on. Like, you don't need to do that, John Woo. You don't need to do that, Nick Cage. Why do we see the wires? I don't get it. Anyway, uh, John Travolta gets all upset that his brother died. So fucking from Silicon Valley, Gavin Belson is in this movie and John Travolta is so upset he shoots Gavin Belson in the head. Uh next time we see Nick Cage is I guess he escapes all of this, so he's at he goes back to his house to, you know, maybe get clothes or confront his wife. He's also shot, so he's wounded and he's inexplicably wet. Uh, <laughs> he sees his wife. He he tries to explain to his wife and this is a great line, one of my favorite lines. He says, and it's a special ops surgeon 
uh, gave me uh, Kester's face. And then, <laughs> and then he slaps himself in the face. It's incredible. And then Hannah and I are sitting there. We're just like, he didn't do the face thing. Just do the face thing. Just and white. And she'll know. And she'll do the know. face thing, she'll know it's you. But no, instead he's like. Or, oh. I don't know, maybe list any fact about your marriage that How, Nicolas right. Cage wouldn't know. How would Travolta know what the when her birthday is or something? Yeah. Right? Like, or yeah. where they went on their first date, which right. comes up later. Comes or up, yeah. literally anything. Right. Anything. <laughs> but he's like, no, nah. he's like, check our blood types. Because I have an O blood type and he has an AB type. AB positive or blood something. Blood type. Stupid. So it didn't do the face thing and he walks away. So she gets a small blood sample while Travolta is sleeping. And because she's a doctor, so she goes to the hospital and she checks the blood type under a microscope, which I don't think is how you check blood types. But I don't know, I've never actually checked a blood type in all of my years of sciencing. Then he shows up at the hospital. Nick Cage shows up at the hospital. And she's a little cautious, understandably. And he finally does the face thing. Finally. After all this time. Just do the face thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Just do the face thing. Yeah, and then as as Hannah said, uh, he tells the story of their first date. And she's like, oh, okay, all good. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you didn't even need to tell me that. You you did the face thing and I knew it was you. Yeah. (laughs) And then Travolta shows up and he's like... Well, you you left in the middle of the night. You had me worried. And she's like, I'm a doctor. I'm on call. And it's like, that's very reasonable. Stupid. So Nick Cage finds himself on a beach. And I guess it's like the house of the girlfriend. And he's like, what happened to the kid? And she's like, I sent him with my cousin or some shit. You need to take care of him, Nicolas Cage. It's unclear whether she knows what's happening or not. And he is dressed in... A slick suit, sunglasses, and in between this time, what happens is Travolta kills his boss. So they're all going to a funeral. So he's wearing these nice uh, uh, aviator shades, a nice black suit, and he was about to do the face thing with the with the other chick. He was he was about to do the thing, but instead, in slow motion, he turns and like looks at the camera and just. There's a shitload of birds in the background. Oh. <laughs> there's seagulls and doves and shit. And then there's like Gregorian. how many birds are in the scene. <laughs> there's Gregorian chants and because then it cuts to the funeral and there's people doing these like religious songs and this funeral's in like a tiki hut. It's in like a <laughs> like a clay hut on the beach. <laughs> Doesn't make With it. just birds. <laughs> just birds flying around everywhere. Birds everywhere. Because as many birds are in a mall food court <laughs> in the rafters and shit. Way more than that. <laughs> so Nicolas Cage, he comes from off the beach with the seagulls and comes into the church where, <laughs> they there, are just, where there are just doves on the ground. <laughs> and everybody's cleared out of the church by this point. And again, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta start shooting each other. They have another face off. And the and birds are flying. <laughs> Hannah literally does this in the scene. Hannah goes, why are there so many birds in this scene? <laughs> she does the clapping in between each word. It was great. <laughs> so then all the shooting stops very briefly. <laughs> and, and all these people start coming in out of nowhere with guns pointed at, you know, his Nick. Uh, oh, it's a Mexican standoff. Du- it's such a Mexican standoff. The girlfriend shows up. And then... <laughs> 
the turning point was just this random dude that we don't know comes in and he's like, not if I have anything to say about it. He <laughs> points like, a gun. The fuck is this guy? <laughs> so Nick Cage's daughter is there and she's, you know, about to shoot Nicolas Cage, even though it's John Travolta, who's her real dad. So there's another good scream, even though I, I do think it's in Travolta's voice. He goes, Jamie, don't. Which is fine. Then they start chasing each other, shooting at each other, and they're on a dock. And Travolta jumps into a speedboat that just happens to be there. And he's shooting backwards at Nicolas Cage. And the dock just blows up inexplicably because he must have hit some sort of gas line. Every, everything has a gas line. There's so many exposed There's gas oil lines rigs. <laughs> in L.A., I guess. It's L.A. But There's canisters oh, yeah. of gas. Yeah. This, this scene took four weeks to film. Really? This chase scene in the speedboats. Ugh, yeah. Four weeks. This this scene I could have totally lived without. Yeah, absolutely. Because then <laughs> Nick Cage jumps in his own speedboat and they just start chasing each other on speedboats. For like 20 minutes. Oh my God. It was the whole like last <laughs> half of the movie was this one scene. But there's really not much to explain. They're just shooting at each other. And then, of course, one of the boats has a, a leak in the fuel line. So then that explodes explodes into a police <laughs> boat, like the Coast Guard boat that just blows up. And Nicolas Cage is hanging off the side of Travolta's on a chain. On his speedboat on the, on the chain. And he's like basically water skiing <laughs> with his, his feet, with like his loafers. <laughs> Right, he's wearing a suit. Right, because he was going to a funeral. <laughs> so then they both jump out of the... Or no, they don't jump out of the boat. The boat hits something that then launches them onto a beach. And then the boat just Explodes. spontaneously combusts. <laughs> Nick Cage is... But what doesn't die mm-hmm. in the explosion is a harpoon gun. Is a harpoon gun that just lands on the beach next to Nicolas Cage after a quick tussle. Nicholas Cage grabs the harpoon gun and once again shouts his catchphrase in this movie, which is "Die!" <laughs> die! <laughs> and the cops show up and they immediately believe him. And they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. Your wife explained everything. <laughs> you see Nicholas Cage briefly with John Travolta, who's now dead. He got harpooned in the stomach. Not sure if I said that, but he's... he's Would a... his skin cells be okay to harvest if he's dead? Like, are yeah. there... Uh, it like, depends. could he really get his face back? Yeah, if he immediately went on ice. <laughs> so <laughs> they go back to the hospital and or the lab or something, and they're like, "Oh, they flew in the best doctors from around the world." And uh, the last scene is <laughs> the real John Travolta just goes back to his family, family, and wipes their faces. He wipes their faces, and he says, "Oh, by the way, this kid's gonna live with us now." <laughs> It's Nick Cage's kid. The, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow Kid. Yeah, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow Kid. And they all just wipe each other's faces. <laughs> and the credits roll. And again, he's got no scars. He's got no problems. He's got nothing. That was a really stupid movie, but so, a lot of fun. So stupid. So you mentioned it earlier, but one of the things that I wrote down for your closing thoughts, I wanted to ask how you think John Travolta did portraying Nicolas Cage. I thought he did well. Yeah. Very melodramatic acting. I mean, Mm. John Travolta is also known for being a bit of a melodramatic actor. Right. Very hokey. I think the whole movie was very hokey over the top. Yeah. But incredibly violent as well. Yeah. And apparently that's like John Woo's style Mm. is just kind of like... Overacting. Artistic and over the top and... 
stylized, but 92%, I don't understand that no at way. all. Anyway, any other closing thoughts for the movie? That was some Nicolas Cage shit. <laughs> it was some Nicolas Cage shit. <laughs> all right, so the next thing we like to do here is give out some Nicolas Cage awards, the Let's best go. and the worst of the movie. So first off, the best supporting actor. You're going to give it to, there were no dogs in the movie. <laughs> There were no real standout inanimate objects. Are you going to give it to Travolta? Science. Oh my god, the science of this movie. The laser. You could give it to lasers. That's... I'm going to give it to laser technology. <laughs> okay, that's the best supporting actor, is the idea of laser technology. Laser technology in order to transplant faces and also remove scarring. Mm-hmm. And also generate body parts. Oh my god. All right, this is an obvious one. Best dressed. Oh, it's the maroon suit. With the sunglasses with the, with the and the sunglasses gold. And, and the silky red uh, button-up shirt underneath. And that's over the priest? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's close between those two, but that suit is just, what a look. Wor- it's the gold that really makes it. There's a lot oh, of yeah. gold um, accessories. Oh, yeah. Worst Nicolas Cage scene. There were a few kind of nothing scenes in his jail cell. Yeah. There was another one that we both said we were like, okay, that was nothing. I mean, the, there's all the there's all the scenes where he's unconscious. Oh, the rooftop where the guy just massages his face. Yeah, that one. Okay, what was the best Nicolas Cage scene? Was it the beginning with the hallelujah? I think so. Or die. <laughs> there were a couple of dies. No, it's definitely hallelujah. Yeah, when he comes out and he does that head swivel thing, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was dancing? Th- oh my god. What was the best Nicolas Cage scream? Die. The first one or the second one? Well, probably the first one. I think it's more die yeah, as opposed to the second one. one. It's more like die. Yeah, the okay. first die. Okay. And finally, most what was the most nouveau shamanic moment? I feel like it might also be that head swivel dance move that he does. Could be. What else did I say was his choice? Hmm. I mean, he does make a ton of crazy faces and smiles and plenty, and yeah. and the maniacal laughter. Mm-hmm. He ad libbed that story about <clears throat> his character's father forcing him to wear pink dresses as a child, which turned him onto crime. Yeah, but that didn't make the cut of the movie. The yeah, you're probably right. It's just <laughs> that first scene. Yeah, or is it the only other thing I could think of is. Maybe when he like slaps himself after he says the the special ops agent gave me a face, mm. but I think it's that head swivel. That that yeah. scene yeah. is something iconic. Oh my god, yeah! It's Look that so up funny. on YouTube. It's so funny. Okay, well I think that's gonna just about do it for the uh, Nick Cage Awards. So let's see what we got next. Oh, where are we ranking, ranking this one? It. I think pretty high. We're in the golden cage, Steve. We are in the golden cage. So where are you thinking about putting this one? Above the rock. Above the and rock. And above Con Air. And above Con Air. Wow. Are you kidding? Yeah, okay. I get that. You that, know, I mean, some, some of that performance was on a similar level as Deadfall mm-hmm. and, and Vampire's Kiss. Some of that some performance, of it. though. Well, half and the movie doesn't play himself more than half the movie it feels mm-hmm. like it's really only that beginning scene or two like between the airplane and he's still pretty crazy for the rest he's pretty of the crazy movie. but i mean we've racing with the moon is still number four no 
And this that's, is above that. This is above Raising with the Moon. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the next up is Leaving Las Vegas. Under that. Okay. So you're going to give it number four spot. Yes. Let me see. Ooh. You know what that does? It bumps best of times out of the top five. It's fine. <laughs> you're obsessed best, with best of times. Best of times is great. What are you talking about? Yeah. All right. We can put it at uh, number four. I mean, as we say frequently. It's iconic. None of this matters. But... No, truly. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Let's uh let's put it in there. There are people dying. <clears throat> and we're making these decisions. None of this matters. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and people need us now more than ever, Han. <laughs> All right, so next week we are watching a movie called City of Angels, uh, mm. 1998. It has extremely aggressively mediocre scores on Rotten Tomatoes. It's well, like that a means we might hate it. Yeah, oh, we will definitely hate it. We usually hate the ones that are just nothing. Ugh, it's a romance. Mm-hmm. It's I Meg s- Ryan. I saw just a brief snippet. I don't want to know too much about the movie, but Nicolas Cage plays a literal angel that yes. comes down to yep. L.A. Mm-hmm. How dumb Named is that? Seth. Well, Seth is, yeah, okay. All right, but I think that's just going to do it for us this week. Unless you have anything else to add, Hen? No, does that take us out of the golden cage? It might take us out of the golden cage because City of Angels, by all accounts, looks terrible. But what comes after that? Is this our 30th movie? This was our 30th movie. Oh my god. So after City of Angels is Snake Eyes and then 8mm. And then Bringing Out the Dead and then Gone in 60 Seconds and Family Man. I feel like maybe after Adaptation is when the golden cage ends. Oh no, National Treasure is in the Golden... That's... I think National Treasure is where the Golden Cage should end. Okay. Although I, we can we can reassess. Yeah, we can reassess because I think people really like Lord of War. Is that after? That's immediately after the uh, uh, National Treasure. All right, but Wicker Man comes closely after and, and oh, things really spiral for him after that. Oh, Christ. Yeah, because personally his yes. life spirals and that's when his career also spirals out of okay. control all right we'll still be in the golden cage for a while and I then think. we'll hit the dark cages <laughs> and then a renaissance period yeah. <laughs> sounds good 30 movies hand we did it 30 movies i'm really proud of myself i if i may just pat myself on the back absolutely here. i think you patted yourself I, I, on the back the other day it's, but... you know what i'm still proud of myself <laughs> can no, i can i continue it. to be proud of myself of course i really struggle to get through movies mm-hmm which is probably disappointing for our audience to hear, but this is this is me. Hey, she's this sacrificing. She's making sacrifices <laughs> for your entertainment. Sacrificing my body for the play. Absolutely. All right. I think that's it. I uh, hope your quarantine is going well. Hope you're listening yeah, yeah. to all of our episodes. Yeah, watching some movies. Watching some Nick Cage movies, mm-hmm. but sparingly. Please don't do it all at once. I don't know... <laughs> If that is recommended by any doctor for your mental state. You'll go clinically insane. (laughs) And on that note, now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.